listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Thank you one and all for joining us. The NFL season, the 2018 season is now all finished. So sad times about that, but we still have one game to review. So we have Lee, as usual, on the show. But we have a special guest with us as well, a regular member of the show, uh, Rob Grimwood from Across the Fantasy Ponds. Rob, how are you doing? Good, boys. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Lee, how's it, how's it going? How was your weekend? Yeah, yeah, very well, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah, just still recovering from the game. Uh, Monday off, obviously. And yeah, back to work today. So yeah. <laughs> Rob, did you did you did you stay up and watch it? I know you've uh, you've got a, a a partner there that's uh, po- about to pop. I did. I got um I got a pass, so uh, it's good because I host a party every year uh, in my hometown where we have sort of uh, fifteen twenty lads turn up every year. We have a little game of touch before the uh, game of touch football, I should say. Before we don't touch each other before we have a game of touch. <laughs> football before the uh, Super Bowl we have our fantasy football AGM as well and awards night so uh, we make a full night of it uh, that part was really good um, unfortunately during the game I well, pretty much fell asleep but I don't know about you guys <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to uh, we'll get to whether or not we enjoyed uh, the Super Bowl yeah, very very shortly yeah um, was it was it was an interesting game but uh, just before we get into the the Super Bowl breakdown a couple of bits of housekeeping to do a couple of prize winners to announce a bit later on in the show and of course course it's Tuesday so what is that everyone it's the full 10 questions and we have Charlie from the Ice the Kicker pod pitting his wits against uh, the questions that I have set if you anyone out there wants to have a go at the quiz get in touch with us at full 10 yards Rob how can I get in touch with you uh, you can uh, well you can get me on Twitter which is at FF that's about it really <laughs> <laughs> no no game no games of touches though no games of touch no, um, no, 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 don't, don't, don't touch me. No, you might get banned from Twitter for that, but um, yeah. Um, yeah, so like we say, we'll show, do that a bit at the end, uh, and we'll also give you give you kind of a heads up on what's coming your way on the Full 10 Yards podcast over the next couple of weeks and months. Looking ahead, obviously, the next big one in the calendar there is the NFL Draft. And uh, Talking about the NFL Draft, the two teams that played on Sunday will get number one, uh, 31 and 32 after the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, I don't really know what the word is to, to describe the defeat. I, I, I mean, I know in my prediction I said it was quite going to be quite comfortable, but I didn't really think it was going to be uh, a, a 13-3 type game. Lee, we start we start with you because um, I know you were quite an advocate of the, the type of game it was. Whereas you know, some could argue maybe it's not one for the neutral. Um, how much did you enjoy the game? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, actually, I mean, it. it was a little bit too turgid in, in some aspects. Defence on top maybe a little bit too much. Obviously, yeah, I'm a big advocate of, of not bringing up the score and uh, yeah, having these sort of games where, you know, it's kind of like a chess match. And I think that's what I text you, I think that's the phrase I text you during the game. But, mm. but yeah, it was, yeah, it was a bit, uh, like I say, a bit too defensive at times and there wasn't as much sort of uh, exciting breakout plays as we'd all expect and all probably want. But it is a chess match at the end of the day and I think we'll obviously come on to the reasons for that. You know, and why the defensive were on top later on. Mm. But this was, you know, this was two great defensive minds on each sideline going against each other and just cancelling out the offences, really. Mm. We did, uh, was Meredith um, devastated? Yeah, she obviously wasn't that 100 points that she wanted. <laughs> uh, she stayed up for, 
for the vast majority of the game as well, which considering it's the first Super Bowl, but yeah, I was quite proud of actually. Yeah, so just just peeling back the curtain, uh, Rob. Obviously, so M- Meredith was the was the first uh, prediction there on the prediction show on on Friday, but Lee knew nothing about it. Um, so Lee, what was your reaction? What was your reaction when you heard her? <laughs> I was actually shocked. I just didn't hit. She was kind of like um, it was just before we were, we were just all sort of like relaxing before the game. Uh, you know. On a typical night, it'd be quite late, but we were just obviously just waiting for the game to start, and we were like, oh, can we just put the podcast on? And I was like, yeah, why not? You know, obviously, it's you know, football-themed, X, Y, Z. And we got through it, and she was like, oh, listen, it's, I think it's that bit. I just really want to get to the bit where we, uh, we have those, like, um, predictions and whatnot that you have sent in. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it'd be really cool, actually. <laughs> I didn't really, like, upon that she had this ulterior motive, and then... Yeah, I kind of didn't hear it properly at first, and I was like, what? And she had this massive smile on her face. Yeah. And I was like, was that, was that you? And yeah, yeah, so it kind of came out, but I didn't believe it at first. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just you to... Had a, yeah. had a posh telephone voice on, which I don't often, often hear. So. No, no, but, no, no. You, you, you usually get the stern telling off voice. Absolutely, every day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Rob, you've probably got that to look forward to very, very shortly indeed. Yeah, well, I've, I've I've been married for eighteen months, so uh, <laughs> I've had the wife nagging me for that long. I mean, I mean, we've had a very good relationship so far. We love each other very much. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the, the Dig Your Own Grave podcast, everyone. Yeah, I've just had to look around my shoulder, make sure she's not in the room, and she's not. So I think I'm safe. Brilliant. Uh, if you if you give me her name, Rob, I'll uh, I'll stick it. I'll, I'll have a link to her over on Facebook. Well, she's on Twitter. It's uh, genuinely, I'm pretty sure her account still exists, which is Mrs. FF Britballer. So uh, you can oh, yes, well. yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Yeah, that rings a bell. Okay, um, nice little tangent. We went off there, but let's get back to the game. Rob, uh, you said obviously you fell asleep. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not it's not one for the neutrals, lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. Um, and it's not really a game that many saw kind of, kind of happening in terms of scoring. What, what was the main takeaway from, from you in this game? Yeah, well, well, I think from my point of view, I'm very much, I come from a fantasy background, right? So I, I, I'm everything I do with the NFL and when I'm watching NFL, I'm always looking as from a fantasy perspective. So I'm not very defensive minded. So watching that game where there was no spectacular catches, there was no fumbles, there was no dodgy calls, there was no, you know, it was a very straightforward game. For me, 13-3 is a very sort of, mundane sort of game I like I like the 21-21s at half time and, and you know the shootouts because I'm that way inclined mm. I, I can completely understand why um, people enjoyed it a defensive battle and yeah it was it was from that point of view it must have been a good game to watch but for me it, I'm an offensive guy you see so there wasn't much of that happening um, but no the takeaways I think uh, yeah New England just did New England things, don't they? Tom Brady just cannot stop, and it's so frustrating. Uh, I posted a good um, gif on Twitter the other day, which was... Um, uh, you watched Anchorman, right? You, everyone's of, watched Anchorman. Of course, favourite film of all time. The bit where um, Vince Vaughan's character, um, went, uh, Mantooth, I think his name is, yeah. and uh, he's got the hold of the ladder, and Ron uh, Burby's yeah. coming up the ladder. Yeah, and he says... I, I I hate you with every part of my body, but God damn it, do I respect you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is how I feel about Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Yeah, no, very, very, uh, very apt, very apt. I think I used that for something else, but I can't remember. Can't remember off the top of my head uh, 
what it was. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure it was worth the the recovery time on the Monday uh, set up and watching it. But there were some highlights. Uh, Julian Edelman, I am now a big, big fan of of him. I'm not, I wasn't yeah. his biggest fan um, going into the game or even into the postseason, really. Um, but my God, he Lee, he's so elusive. Yeah, yeah, he's always open, isn't he? Obviously, I saw that firsthand uh, against the Chargers. So he was just always open, and like I think I said after that game, that he just catches everything, uh, and that's what he did. He was the only one on offense that did really break out and have a good game. Hence why you know he won the MVP. But uh, yeah, he's a great player. He's kind of the, the sort of like peak New England player, isn't he? You know, gritty, uh, not super athletic, just sort of does his job, wide receiver who you know just does his job at the right time in the big moments as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Rob, just to go to go back to your point about um, you know Patriots doing Patriots things, I mean they made they made Jared Goff uh, just look so out of place. It's actually quite scary to the point to the point where you know a point a good good point of discussion. We'll go into this now. Is you know Jared Goff, where where does he kind of go from here? Because he just looked like he pooped his pants. And the Patriots were very clever in that. You know they, they were showing, or it was it was said that they played they they had two calls on defense. Um, going into the huddle and then weren't really showing anything until like 15 seconds once the mics go off uh, in the helmets and J- my, Jared Goff just looked like he shouldn't have been there well, well I'll be honest I, I think a lot of the problem lies with the O-line because yeah, the, yeah. the the Rams offensive line was one of the best throughout the whole season um, mm. in fact I think it was ranked number two behind Indy and it, you know that was non-existent. New England were able to get through. There was no real uh, protection for Goff, and he had very little time to do anything with. Now, it was when he did have time, he did very little with it, yeah. uh, which was the problem. Um, but it was so few and far between, these opportunities for him to actually do something. I, I don't actually blame Jared Goff for having a bad game. I do think that his O-line definitely let him down uh, on, on Sunday, uh, and which was a shame. Yeah, I mean it was, and uh, yeah, the the offensive line did not play well, and they, they, if they, if they could have the game back, they they certainly would. I just I just think, you know, with 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 the way the season's gone and Sean McVay kind of being Jared Goff friendly and and not giving him too many reads to do in in order to get him you know the ball out quickly if he if he needs to. Yeah. I just feel I just feel like he could have done more, and it just makes you question now going into you know, and he's got the whole off season to think about this now because no doubt he'll be doubting himself or you know trying to look for for crumbs of, in, of, of inspiration uh, next season uh, and you know going it, press conference afterwards he was saying like he was mad and uh, and what and what have you I just wonder what uh, Lee what he would be like he'll be like mentally going into into the next season I think he'll be fine um I think obviously don't know Jared particularly well see it as a person but he always seems to be Sort of cool, calm, and collected. Almost to the point that he looks switched off. I was thinking he's got quite a vacant expression on his face quite a lot. I was thinking, oh, yeah, it'll be disappointing, but I think it might wash over him quite quickly in time. He'll sort of come back. He's got plenty of his new years left in his career. Him and McVeigh are still going to be together, you know, next year and beyond. And mm. I think they've got plenty of time to fix this together. Mm. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll have a bit of a hangover. He might not start next season like perfectly well. Mm. Um, and, you know, if he does lose a few pieces off his defensive line, for example, uh, to Andrew Whitworth, is possibly more in retirement. You know, that'll that'll be a thing that they have to fix. But mm. I think they'll be fine. I think the Rams will be fine. They've still, still got Gurley. They've still got Goff. They've still got McVeigh. 
they've still got some key pieces on offense, and I think they'll figure it out. And like I say, I think the, the biggest thing is that Jared Goff is 23 years old, I think. He's still got like 10, 15 years left to get back to another one. And I think it'll stand him in good stead, you know. Everyone talks about overcoming adversity, especially in the big moment. And yeah, I think they'll be back at some point. I, I think that we're all... I think we're all overestimating what Jared Goff has done because let's not forget this guy is this is only his second full year in the NFL. He's still a rookie. He's still on a rookie contract. He was not the best quarterback coming out of college. Now, what he's done, I mean, yes, he's got the team around him and he's got the coaching around him, but he's gone from strength to strength. And this is only his second year. I mean, we're spoiled at the moment with the likes of Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes and, um, you know, all these top quality players uh, uh, quarterbacks coming through college right now but the the face of it is Jared Goff is still learning and yeah. to get to a Super Bowl after two years is a fantastic achievement and of course I mean I'd be bricking it as well if I was a young lad uh, being thrown onto that kind of a stage which he's never ever experienced before so I, I don't think he's got anything to worry about with Jared Goff I think he's just going to get stronger he's going to learn from this he's going to go into next season knowing that he can get to the Super Bowl um, and yeah I, I, I've got no problems with it at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think I think that maybe the point that I, I was trying to to get across was just obviously you think it'll be fine. It's just you know some some guys get to the Super Bowl, get to a big game and freeze, and then they're never quite the same again. So it's just a matter about whether or not you were confident that Jared Goff could could come back from this. Um, you know, seeing so. Yeah, you know, and Sean McVay as well. His his first Super Bowl. It's quite interesting. His comments coming out saying that he got out coached um, and said, you know. What, I mean, we'll come on to him shortly, but it was just more of a point of, you know, do we are we okay that Jared Goff is, you know, still a decent quarterback? Because you know, sometimes when a, when a quarterback goes missing in a game, uh, you can you can rely on the run, run game a little bit, which is what the Rams have done in some games this season uh, behind that great offensive line. But it just showed obviously the fragilities there, and you know, now you've got a couple of games, you know, against Chicago, against the Patriots here, where. They haven't they haven't fared so well, so there's there's now getting to be a bit of tape or a bit of you know um, revealing the magician's code, if you like, on on how the the Rams can get beat. Well, I think yeah, I think yeah, he should he'll definitely sort it out, and uh, yeah, to a degree, Jared Goff is a good quarterback, but he's still got to grow, as Rob said, um, because he's still got plenty of growth to do, and like because he's so young, and he has got to get away from being that extension of Sean McVay, uh, and that. That 15-second sort of point that we're all talking about, and the Patriots obviously figured out with the way that they sort of set up their D, has got to, you've got to sort of get away from that because otherwise everyone's just going to do that to him for the rest of his career. And Sean McVay is you know just being the quarterback on the sideline basically. Yeah, and Rob, how, how much of the blame do we put on Sean McVay here? Because obviously he's he, he coming out saying that you know he, what they wanted to do, what they've been doing all season, uh, which which is fair enough. You know you don't have the whole season and perform how they did to to get to the Super Bowl to then be a totally different team but I'm just surprised that someone that's meticulous as Sean McVay is to not have a plan B, C or D or just to throw a bit of a curveball in there to present Bill Belichick and the Patriots a bit something different Yeah I, I am slightly surprised that he wasn't as experimental offensively um, uh, you know, as it was on Sunday but I appreciate his comments afterwards saying he got out coach, and I think that is exactly what it was. It was the fact that you've got a, a, a head coach who's been the head coach for two years. He's 33 years old. Mm. And again, going against Bill Belichick, who has been there, done it, and, and over and over and over again, that experience you know, will always trump uh, the new kid on the block kind of thing who's, who's learning. Mm. And uh, look, Sean McVay is... A, 
incredible head coach and he there's no doubt in my mind that he'll get back to the Super Bowl uh, in the near future um, but yes I, I certainly think I, I was surprised that it was so flat I, I would have expected him to have some sort of a fallback um, which which wasn't there mm. yeah I mean Lee any anything from you on, on Sean McVeigh? So I think the the two head coaches approached it in two completely different ways and almost opposite ways. So as we said, Sean McVay came out and he tried to the Rams tried to be the Rams basically. They tried to play with eleven personnel and tried to run the ball and you know and just be exactly what we've seen over the past you know four or five months. And the Patriots on the other hand, I like that chameleon. They can change they change their game plan on a weekly basis to suit you know to try and snuffle that their opponent. And to me, you know, when the Rams weren't being able to sort of set up the pass with the run, because these Gurley and C. Johnson didn't get a thing all night, when the Patriots were defending 11 personnel very, very well, they didn't really change it. So I read a stat earlier to say that the Rams used 12 personnel with two Titans on the field and left those guys into block. Obviously, we talked about the offensive line struggles, but left those two guys into block three times in the game, just three. And then that was the time when Brandon Cooks almost scored a touchdown, a 16-yard completion, a nine-yard completion, which though they don't sound a lot, but they're like biggest plays of the game almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and they they didn't go back to that at all. Like I said, they used it three times in that in that format with the two Titans staying in. Mm. And if they just maybe gone away from being the Rams a little bit and done that a little bit more and gone a bit heavier and like you say, just sort of thought outside the box on the fly they might have had more success. But, you know, it's just game planning. You know, Bill Belichick, I said it previously on the podcast when we were building up to the Super Bowl, mm. always going to have a game plan for you. Yeah. And then to go out and sort of play into his hands was either naive or arrogant. I'm not really sure which. Mm. Yeah. But they, they were too like themselves and it just played into New England's hands. And, yeah, that's why he got out coached. And I think that's sort of kind of what he was referring to maybe. And he didn't have... Uh, I don't want to say the, the balls to sort of go out there and you know try play do a trick play or something like that to try and sort of break the mould, mm. but he didn't. And that, like I say, that's the that's where the downfall came from. I think yeah, that's where he got his uh, out coach comments from. And you know, just on a side note to that, I think it's great that he came out and sort of owned it and sort of said yeah, it's on me. And I yeah, think that's I agree as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can see your point there. I'm just a bit. <sighs> Well, the question I put to you, Rob, is would you would you see other coaches do that? And I'm not necessarily necessarily saying that Sean McVay is wrong, but you'd never see. I know Belichick's been in the game for for God knows how long, but I, I'm not. I can't exactly pose the question saying, "Oh, would you see Bill Belichick saying that after two years?" But would, were you quite surprised that? I, I mean, I'm quite surprised to come out and done that because quite a lot of people like to keep that kind of thing under wraps, and maybe he's just a new breed of 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 head coach or you know the young guys that wants to. You know, lead by example and show that you know, he's the leader of the team just as much as the quarterback is and he's just as much as, as responsible as the players on the field for the success of the team because this, this is a team that went all in on this season uh, with all the trades in free agency that they've they've had obviously Marcus Peters uh, keep to leave and, and, and all the rest of them you know, could go on for ages Brandon Cook's being traded for a first rounder as well um, yep. I, ju- I just wonder if the I'm not going to say the wheels are going to fall off uh, the, the Rams here but They'll be they'll be hard pressed to to get back again next year, regardless. Uh, you know the Super Bowl curse as well. Yeah, I think I don't know. He's built a good foundation there. Uh, he obviously knows what he's doing, and it, he is the new breed of coach, and I like it. It's refreshing. Um, you know, I, I hate I hate coaches that come out and just feed you. You know, 
ball crap because yeah. it just winds me up you get that from like Rivera and all the like the old sort of style coaches that just feed you nonsense with Sean McVay he calls a spade a spade yep hands up my fault you know I was out coached um, I could have gone about it differently yeah okay well he will learn from his mistakes and you know the guys he seems I know you know Sometimes um, it can be deceptive, but he seems like a really nice guy. And uh, I think that's genuinely genuine what he is. I think he's just a genuine head coach who, who wants the best for his team. And I've got no worries about him in the future. Mm. Yeah, so let's see. We haven't spoken about much about the new Super Bowl champions, uh, the New England Patriots. Lee, they, they've, they've been here, done it all before. Where 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 does the, the key components of, of this team go over the next year or two? Gronk obviously is going to decide very shortly whether or not he's going to come back. I would assume he probably will do, um, judging by their stupid his and Brady's stupid Instagram posts and trying to trying to be cool. But um, I mean, well, I can't say anything personally. But um, you know, Brady looks to be coming back. Um, Belichick looks to be coming back for at least a, at least a year. Do we do we think it extends beyond that? Potentially, yeah, which is a scary thought, isn't it, for the rest of the league? Yeah, they, 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 like Brady's sort of really selfless about it as well, isn't he? You know, he takes pay cuts, he restructures his contract, and you can see that happening again, um, you know, for them to reload. and They'll, they'll lose pieces, like every Super Bowl team does, someone will want to get paid. Um, I, I don't know their contract situations, you know, off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, if Grant goes, obviously they'll need to reload there, but they've, they've got, you know, they've got a track record of digging out gems in the draft, in the late rounds especially. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll do it again. They'll, they'll reload. And I think until Brady and Belichick do go, then this will be a pretty much recurring theme, I think, to be honest with you. Mm. And they've got, you know, they've got Isaiah Wynn, who's coming back. So they've got a left tackle next year as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I suppose we, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about Sonny Michel and maybe a bit, some more offensive bits uh, surely, but let's let's talk about both defenses also because let's let's not forget that uh, Rob that the Rams the Rams defense and Wade Phillips actually you know held the Patriots to thirteen points. Now, if you're you're anyone in the Super Bowl and you you, you say okay, our team's held the, the opposition team to thirteen points, you, you're thinking you, you're coming away with a Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, I mean interception on the first drive, uh, they you know had all the pieces in place and they looked quite good. Um, but yeah, it was it was nothing drastically wrong with their defense at all. Like you just said, it was two field goals and one rushing touchdown. They kept Brady at bay. Uh, you know, it, it's they did their jobs in the defense. It was the problem was with the offense. We've established that already. Um, but yeah, both sides of the ball. I was particularly impressed with New England's defense. I think that they're a sort of a down the middle kind of defense. So sometimes they're brilliant. Sometimes they're poor. Yesterday. Uh, you know, sorry, not yesterday, Monday, I forget what day we are. <laughs> uh, Sunday, we um, it's all blended into one, you see, this weekend. Uh, Sunday night, um, the Patriots, they, they turned up and they were good. They were very good. Stephen, um, St- Stephen Gilmore, is it? Stephen Gilmore? Stephen Gilmore, yeah. Um, he, he was brilliant. He had an interception right at the end there, I think. Um, and, and yeah, they, they, they turned it on when they needed to. And that's exactly what the Patriots seemed to do. Mm. Yeah, and Lee, obviously, when when you've got someone like the, the New England Patriots suffocating the uh, the Rams' offense, the, the Rams' defense eventually just wore down in the second half, allowing the uh, the Patriots to control the game uh, on the on the ground with Michelle Burkhead as well. Had a Burkhead had a decent game, um, but were you did you do you think that Julian Edelman was the was the correct MVP, or were you more of a Stephon Gilmore person? No, d- despite being sort of quite defensive in my mindset, yeah, I do think Edelman was the sort of 
MVP candidate, the correct MVP candidate, yeah. uh, the correct winner. I thought, uh, like I said earlier, he was the only player on offense to actually have, you know, a real good game, a real top game. Because you know, Brady didn't even play that well, to be honest with you. No, no, um, no, no, he didn't. And you know, there's there's odd plays for someone else. You know, other pe- other players. You know, the touchdown was set up with by that pass to Gronk, um, and obviously big big catch on that one. But Edelman was consistent, and I think that was. Uh, that was what won him, and he he was always the go-to guy, wasn't he? And at the end of the day, as much as I love defense, um, you know, the aim of the game is to score points. And without Edelman moving the ball so often, I don't think they would have been able to do that, and it might have been even lower scoring. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, some key stats here for for some of the New England players: Edelman, ten receptions, hundred forty-one yards. Gronk had six passes. Uh, for 87, Michelle, uh, rusher, top rusher of the game, 94 yards uh, and a touchdown. Just to just shout out on Gilmore, five solo tackles, interception, forced fumble as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, whilst New England perhaps weren't the greatest New England uh, performance that, that we've ever seen, they just just suffocated uh, suffocated the Rams, allowing allowing them to control the ball in the second half. Run. Yeah, just sorry, just circling back to the MVP conversation. Um, in the third quarter, I swear on my life, I had five pound bet in play for the MVP to be Johnny Hecker. I'm not even joking. It was it was 125 to one, and I looked at my mate. I said, Johnny Hecker's been the best player on the pitch so far. So I uh, I stuck a fiver on that at 125 to one. But yeah, Julian Edelman was was uh, definitely the, the deserved um, deserved uh, player for that. Uh, sorry, what was your question uh, going on forward? It wasn't necessarily a question. It was just about um, just the New England Patriots. Whilst it wasn't their greatest performance, they just they just mm. had the nous, didn't they? It's just like you say at the top of the show, the experience, wasn't it? The the experience versus the the, the new upstart kind of kind of showed. Just a point on Johnny Hecker. I think he actually had more yards than uh, than the Rams did on offense or something <laughs> stupid, wasn't it? Four hundred and seventeen yards on nine punts. My God. Um, yeah. He was MVP. Did you yeah. see what I was saying? You know, yeah. hundred twenty-five to one. I, no, um, yeah. I mean, I as Lee said already, I, Tom Brady didn't have a very good game, and you know, I, I think you could have put any quarterback in the league in his position last night, and they'd have had the same result because actually, Tom Brady didn't do anything special. No. Um, you know, he, he threw to his main guy in Julian Edelman um, and and Gronk. Other than that, no one else really saw the ball. Chris Hogan was a no factor. Um, Cordell Patterson was a no factor. Um, you alluded to it actually. Uh, Rex Burkhead had a pretty good game. I'm pretty sure Rex Burke had, uh, Rich, Rex Burkhead had more yards from scrimmage than Todd Gurley. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, so you know that's that's how they do it though. That is how they work, and that's what's so infuriating about the New England Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've been, they've to say they've been doing it for the best part of twenty years, haven't they? So, yeah, yeah. just just a, a word on on Todd Gurley because obviously coming into the game, Sean McVay was giving all the vibes Lee that you know he's going to get a full workload or you know he's going to be back to to the Todd Gurley that we all know and love and that Rob probably took in number one in drafts. Well, most of us took number one in drafts uh, in twenty eighteen. But surely there's got something's got to come out in the next couple of weeks where he's got something wrong with his meniscus or there's something MCL sprain or, or something's going on because I'm, I'm not I'm not being funny but um, that's that's not the Todd Gurley we all know. No, and he was flexing his knee all the time, wasn't he? Even um, you know after plays and things like that, even after a big run, he wasn't he wasn't celebrating this big run as he usually would, especially in a big game. I mean, he had like one big run, so maybe that was maybe that was to do with it as well. 
but he didn't celebrate. He didn't like you know point down the field or anything like that. He just sort of like walked back to the huddle. Mm. You could tell like within his body language that he wasn't right. Um, obviously, he reported quite a lot. He was flexing his knee quite a lot on the sideline and things like that. So. Yeah, maybe it's just kind of like a, a niggling thing about because obviously before he came into the league, he obviously had a knee injury in college. Maybe it's just like a little niggle that's flared up at the wrong time over the last you know two or three weeks, and it's hampering him a little bit. It's coupled also with Anderson playing quite well in the playoffs as well, so it's given the Rams a bit of a cover story as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be, it's one of those things, isn't it, where it'll probably never come out, or it'll come out and it'll be really bizarre. It kind of reminded me in the build-up of. Um, this is going back. This is going way back. Is um, do you remember? Uh, this obviously a different sport as well. Um, France '98 World Cup final when the Brazilian Ronaldo was kind of sort of uh, what was he supposed to have had a fit before kickoff or something? It wasn't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the night before. And it reminds me of that scenario where there's a lot of mystique about you know star player's injury you know, for a massive game, and no, I don't think we'll ever know. I think there'll be sort of rumours and myths and legends about it for, for time to come and we'll never really know mm. yeah I mean it's a good point and Rob um, if, if you've got the number one pick in fantasy drafts next season are you still taking Gurley or are you looking elsewhere um, he's definitely in the conversation isn't he I, for me it'll be between Gurley and, and Sequan Barkley I think um, but yeah the, uh, Gurley's done nothing He's done nothing to prove me otherwise. He's he's been the number one running back throughout the season. He's been you know regular season. He was just absolutely phenomenal. Clearly, there is some underlying issue there, um, which they've tried to get through the playoffs with him, and it hasn't really worked. But I think he comes back next year and is is phenomenal again. Um, it'd be interesting to see, uh, like Lee said earlier about uh, and uh, about Whitworth, uh, what they're going to do there. Their own line are they going to lose some pieces? That will certainly uh, come into the question when it comes to draft time. But yeah, for me, it's, it's going to be uh, Gurley or, or, or Barkley as, as the number one pick. Yeah, I mean, OK, so I'll throw two questions at you then. So say, say for instance, I know the, the Rams were, were whispering about, you know, wanting, maybe wanting to have CJ Anderson back. If that is the case, does he just slot into into a backups role next season, or does he become a bit more involved than a, maybe a, a number one pick in, in fantasy draft should... Um, should have on his tail. Well, his, he he looked on Sunday like he'd been on the Eddie Lacy diet. He, he looked huge. <laughs> I mean, he looked he looked kind of fat. Um, you know, that's coming from me, who's well overweight. But <laughs> he, he, I think next year he is just a backup. I think um, they'll probably use him uh, as a sort of a, yeah, maybe a, a a ball runner um, when you need to get like third and one or something. Mm. But I don't think he's going to have as big a role as he's had in the in the playoffs. But he he has been fantastic. Uh, you know, there's no denying that. Uh, but yeah, I think if if Todd Gurley is at 100, percent I don't think there's any chance that CJ Anderson has a sizable role there. Mm. Um, so he'd be yeah, he'd be an undrafted pick for me mm. in fantasy. Yeah, and Lee. Just talking about the squad in general, I know we touched on it, but you know, this is this is quite a, an expensive squad to to assemble in terms of stars and you know having to, to renew people. Yeah, I think it's going to be inevitable that, that some pieces are, are going to go. Yeah, you know, like you said earlier, they went all in on this season. Uh, you'll probably lose a few people casualty-wise over this season and next as well. Um, and yeah, they'll kind of face that that task of sort of rebuilding on the fly and still remaining quite good, which is obviously the trick mm. the the Super Bowl winners uh, have perfected over the years. 
Um, and, you know, very few teams can do that. So, yeah, it would be interesting to, interesting to see how they do it. But they've, they've still got the main pieces on on both sides of the ball. They're still going to have Aaron Donald. They're still going to have uh, Goff. They're still going to have Gurley. And they're still going to have McVay. So, they're not bad cornerstones to build around. Yeah. No, and I suppose like the the edge at the moment in the NFL is to have rookies on quarterbacks, and uh, Jared Goff will be on the the fourth the fourth year of his rookie deal. Uh, the likelihood is that they'll they'll pick up his fifth option as their fifth year option as well. Which, you know, whilst being a number one pick, um, is, is still not overly cheap, but it's it's not exactly a twenty six, twenty seven, or th- north of thirty million pounds uh, per year. But um, you know, quarterback position, you know. The, the New England Patriots, Tom Brady's always had a, a team-friendly uh, contract. He's the uh, first player to, to win six Super Bowls, um, surpassing Charles Haley's five. And the oldest quarterback as well to win a Super Bowl at the age of 41, uh, with Bill Belichick also becoming the oldest coach to, at 66 to win a Super Bowl. Mm. Um, and funnily enough, actually, Julian Edelman that we mentioned there, most valuable player, um, first wide receiver in 10 years, Santonio Holmes, uh, way back when. Uh, there in the 2008 season, but yeah, going going into next season, I say it'll probably be the same old. You know, New England will, will be favourites. Do do we think? Um, in you know, I know it's a hot take coming out a couple of days off the Super Bowl, but do we see Goff and the Rams get back to the Super Bowl in not ne- necessarily next year, but maybe the next couple of years? Or yeah, I, I don't see why not. And just looking at the, the players that they've got coming up for. Uh, potentially losing to free agency. Um, obviously, Dante Fowler, who they traded for, you're probably going to see him extended. But Ndama Kansu, you pretty much assume that he's not going to go back. And that's $14 million in in cap space there. So, you know, they have got some movement as well. Um, maybe LaMarcus Joyner comes back if they can get a decent contract for him. And players like Corey Littleton, the uh, the inside linebacker, he's got the end of his rookie contract. So there is some contracts. But... Just picking up what you said about Jared Goff, I wouldn't be surprised if he does demand the big money because, you know, look at the facts. He's he's come in and he's taken the rounds to the Super Bowl. He's been a Super Bowl uh, runner-up. Uh, he could potentially walk in there and say, no, I'm worth a lot more to this team than, than meets the eye. You need to pay me. And I, I can see that happening. So there could potentially be a stumbling block two years from, or this time next year. The Rams have still got control no matter what, though, because it's a team option. So he, he, he's under contract for the next two years anyway. Mm. Right, OK, yeah. gotcha. But, I mean, I mean, if Jared Goff walks, it walks into my office and says and says that, I'll say, well, close the door on your way out. I'd, I'd say see you later. Cause <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. But they obviously love him there. I mean, they're, they're, that's their guy. So mm. I don't know how yeah. that would work for, yeah. for them. Um, I'm with you. I, I would as well. I mean, it's, um, if he walked into Bill Belichick's office and, and said that, he'd be shown the door. So I know it's a different culture there <laughs> in LA with all the all the stars that they've signed. Uh, but it's just quite an interesting one. I'm saying I'm not I'm not overly sold on on Goff next year, but I'm quite in, I'm very intrigued. I've got my eyes uh, glued onto mm. him next season just to see kind of how he how he comes back from it. I, d- I don't think he's that great a quarterback to, to be quite honest. Um, I think he's just he's just McVeigh McVeigh friendly and he, he's he's got a quick reads. And it's, and it's all kind of set up for him. If he if he gets shown the door and moves elsewhere, I think he he could uh, Thelma and Louise style cliff dive off of uh, off of the uh, off the side there. But yeah, we shall we shall wait and see. He might make a few bets on that in the, in the next couple of years. Who knows? Jared Goff um, not not totally sold myself. Talking of not totally sold, the halftime show. Uh, Rob, you must have in, did you enjoy that? Oh, it's garbage. What an absolute garbage. <laughs> Well, it, well, just get get over it. I mean, come on, get some 
popping music on there. I don't want to see some bloke with his top off flashing his tits to me. I don't. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> no, thank you. Me... <laughs> I prefer oh, yeah. Gaga. That's saying a lot. Yeah. The, the, the funniest thing I, I wasn't really paying that much attention to the, the halftime show was just on Twitter, and um, I think the funniest tweet I came across was just someone said, "Yeah, we get it, Adam Levine. You work out." <laughs> I think the funniest one I saw was Maroon 5, Patriots 3, Rams 0. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, yeah, but that was, uh, yeah, it was it was just as bad as, as the Rams offense, wasn't it? But um, yeah, like I say, uh, Super Bowl's all done now. What are we, uh, what are we planning to do in the offseason, uh, Rob? Well, I've got the, the baby coming. Um, oh, yeah. Like literally two weeks time so I'm going to be sort of MIA for a few weeks I think um, <laughs> I don't tell the wife but I'm, <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to be pretty tied up here but yeah we're working on stuff on, on our website um, we've got, obviously got the draft coming up um, and the free agency so it is a busy time marches particularly um, and a time that I really look forward to especially as a as an Indianapolis fan it's a big off season coming up for us this year so uh, so yeah I'm going to be dialed in on my phone um, looking at the free agency uh, seeing where Le'Veon Bell goes seeing if Antonio Brown gets traded away you know and, and building up the hype for the for the draft it's one of the actually March is actually probably one of the most exciting months for me actually mm. yeah and I say Lee Lee comes into his own element now with uh, with the draft coming up in the next month uh, two months or so um, Lee any any early names that you want to want to shove out to people uh, not not right now. I mean, I'm going to do another mock draft uh, in the next week or so. So uh, just point people towards that, I guess. But yeah, eight, eighty days to go um, until uh, until April 26th. Not that I'm counting. No. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of like a countdown for Christmas. Maybe you can get me an advent calendar uh, in the last month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure where I'd get one of those from, but um, yeah, I'm actually surprised I don't oh, yeah. do advent calendars for all, all year. Advent calendar, but yeah, obviously for me, yeah, just uh, just working towards the draft, sort of watching more players. And just sort of, uh, yeah, seeing seeing who will who will be going where. I think that's obviously the main focus. As soon as the Super Bowl finishes for me, it just turns towards uh, spring and, and that big day or weekend. Mm. Yeah, certainly lots to look forward to. Okay, so that that pretty much wraps us up for the Super Bowl show. Rob, thank you so much for for coming on. Always a pleasure, and no doubt we'll uh, we'll have you back on when you've got maybe got your bit of sleep back in a, in a couple of months. <laughs> yes, thanks, mate. I'll uh, I'll be I'll be in touch if I'm still alive. Talking of bad shows by Maroon 5, I wonder what show Charlie would put up in the full 10 questions. Okay, it's everyone's favourite segment of the week. It's the full 10 questions where we put your knowledge to the, the test. And today's contestant is Charlie Hawkins from Ice the Kicker Pod. Charlie, how are we doing, my friend? I'm good, thank you. Cheers for having me. Very nervous. <laughs> Very nervous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We 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 and about whether or not to whether you're not what you wanted to do it. But you're gonna give it a crack. You're gonna you're gonna get give, give it an it attempt. A go. Yeah, absolutely. You're gonna give it a an Arizona Cardinals type 20, 2018 season. You're just gonna give it a go and yeah. see what, see what happens. Yeah, maybe a season before that at Browns. Oh and sixteen. Yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> um, as you know, uh, questions are ten questions, no time limit. But if you're taking a bit too long, we shall move you along. So, question one: Who is the head coach of the New York Giants? Uh, Pat Shermer. Which team plays at the Nissan Stadium? Uh, the Tennessee Titans. What number does Lamar Jackson wear? Eight. Which player did Tampa Bay Buccaneers take in the 2018 draft? 
In, w- in which round? Uh, no, the first one. First round. Uh, the, the Buccaneers? Yeah. Uh, is it Vita V? Vita Via? Which team did... Pronunciation. You, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Which team did Drew Brees and the Saints defeat to win his only Super Bowl? Oh... Um... Um. Oh, what? Uh, the the um. The Broncos. The Broncos. <laughs> I'm done. I don't know. How many How many yards does an encroachment penalty incur? Uh, five. Which team in the AFC East have letters in their logo? The Jets. Which player scored the most combined touchdowns for the Bengals in the 2018 season? Who got the most touchdowns? Yep. Um, ooh, Joe Mixon? Which former player from the Legion of, Do- uh, Legion of Boom now plays in San Francisco? Richard Sherman. And finally, within 50, how many scrimmage... This is a tough one. How many scrimmage yards did Austin Eckler get in 2018 within 50? Um, 830. I tell you what, that's not a bad effort at all. Not bad. How do you think you did? Uh, I'm embarrassed for the Drew Brees answer. For some, and it's a Super Bowl question. It completely, completely escaped me still now. <laughs> I think I've done okay. <laughs> no, you did very well. Uh, okay, let's go through them then. Pat Shermer head, is New York Giants head coach, of course. Tennessee Titans, Nissan Stadium is also correct. Lamar Jackson does wear number eight. Uh, he correctly identified that Vita V was the 2018 first round pick there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you're going to kick yourself. It was the onside kick Super Bowl, wasn't it? It was uh, after halftime. They beat the Indianapolis Colts. No, no, I knew it. I just couldn't think. I just couldn't think. Yeah. Five yards oh. for encroachment is correct. Uh, the New York Jets are the only team in the AFCs to have letters on their logo. Joe Mixon got nine receiving, uh, combined receiving and rushing touchdowns. So you got that one right as well. Richard Sherman, nice easy one there. Legion of Boom now in San Francisco, and Austin Eckler nine hundred and fifty-eight. So a bit away, a bit, a bit off the mark there, but not too far away. So good effort there. But I'm glad to say he joined everyone else at the top of the leaderboard on eight. Oh, I'll take that. I'm mm. chuffed. Nice. Yeah. Good work. See, after all that, all that you you, you did fine. Yeah, yeah, and I've slipped up on the Drew Brees one, but yeah, there you go, there you go. Your chance, your chance to be on your own there in the lead. I oh no, uh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> listen, Charlie, thank you so much for for joining us. I know you listen uh, on previous podcasts to all the other. Uh, how do you how do you normally do on the other quizzes? Um, I, I do okay. Some some I completely do terrible, and others others I feel like I've done really well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the pod as well. So I'm a, I'm a listener. I'm a, I'm an avid listener. So I really nice. enjoy it. Nice. Well, say so like say you're joining joining all the rest of the gang there on eight. So yeah, pretty pretty great effort there. Thank you. Cheers. Great effort there from Charlie out of 10, joining the rest of the guys there at the top of the leaderboard. No one able to break that 9 or 10 threshold. Surely, Lee, we'll, we'll have one soon? Yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Maybe we should get like a like an 8 uh, sort of tournament from all the, get all the people back who got 8 and see if anyone can sort of be crammed the, the ultimate winner. Yeah, that's not bad. Like a tiebreaker type thing. That's not bad. Uh, not bad, actually. Oh, yeah. 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 I'll have to write some, start writing some more questions. Um, yeah, just a reminder to anyone yeah, out there. Go on. Maybe I could write them because obviously I 
think that when I gave you my questions, they were a bit harder. Ah, that's <laughs> so a good point. Maybe you just thought sort of step up. Yeah, maybe that's a good shout. Yeah, get get on get on some of those. Maybe uh, test me beforehand. See <laughs> see how many I get. Um, yeah, that's a nice little nice little uh, in joke there. But yeah, anyone else that, out there that wants to that listens to the show wants to have a go at the fourteen questions, get in touch with us. We'd love to have you on. Uh, and talking of things that we like you to do, we like you to win prizes and a couple of prizes to give out. Um, firstly, we go for the playoff predictor because that's been going on obviously for a bit longer. And I can say that Jason Seeley at Greyhounds 180 uh, was the undisputed champion of the playoff predictions. Uh, I think only just getting one or one or two wrong throughout the whole playoff. So fair effort to him. That's pretty ridiculous as well. Well done to Jason. That is an incredible effort, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he had a chief, a Chiefs Rams uh, Super Bowl. Obviously, the Rams didn't win, but uh, yeah, just just the Chiefs. Essentially, just getting the Chiefs wrong. So yeah, yeah. top effort, like I say. Well, well done, Jason. You deserve the prize. Yeah, get in touch with us uh, on in our DMs, and we'll we'll sort you out with the jersey. And the other one, obviously, the Super Bowl competition, the retweet, um, and the first touchdown scorer, Sony Michelle. Luckily, we actually had a first time a touchdown scorer. Lee. <laughs> He was getting, he was getting a bit close, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. For us to think of, on the, you know, on the fly, I think of like a different competition. I had to give it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I probably would have uh, put everyone into into the draw and just drawn a, hat, a name out of the hat. Um, but yeah, luckily enough, Sonny Michelle, quite a few of you had this one. And the name you're drawn is Emma, and she's on Twitter at Noble Badger. So if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we'll give you till next Thursday or next Friday um, to, to, to claim that. If not, we shall redraw and uh, and then go from there. But yeah, well done to you. You are the winner, correctly predicting there. Sonny Michelle, uh, first touchdown scorer there. And uh, Jumper is on its way to you if you get in touch with us at full 10 yards. So supposedly, just uh, it might be worth telling you guys out there, the listeners, what is to to come in the next couple of months and weeks and months. Uh, obviously, the big one, like we said in the top of the podcast, is the draft. Is the next uh, big circle in the calendar? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, you know, it's what I'm looking forward to the most. And yeah, it's what I'll be sort of writing about, um, and it's what you'll be able to sort of read me and my thoughts uh, on the full ten yards in the you know coming weeks and months leading up to that. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of other things to to let you know that we that we're doing over the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, we've also got a very exciting uh, competition on Saturday uh, that will be starting. So over the next couple of days, I'll be giving you some clues as to what that is. You can be winning, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. But I'm also in the in the deep end of doing loads of team reviews. Uh, I think I've done about ten now. Um, so I'm just waiting for a full division to to be finished before I stick that up. So if you're one of the teams out there, go over to our Twitter, check some of the teams that are available, especially looking for a Detroit Lions fan. So if you know one of those, get in touch with us. I'd love to talk Lions season with you, or maybe not, depending on your opinion of the Detroit Lions season. Um, but yeah, they will be coming out over the next couple of weeks, um, just 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes in, in some circumstances where talk about team season, roll them all up into one division uh, and then let let it let you uh, have it into your beautiful ears. But yeah, currently working our way through those and as I say, we'll be um, looking at recapping the 2018 season both from a fantasy perspective and also just things to, to, to remember uh, and take into 2019 that are worth remembering uh, and also just obviously recap. It's always good to go back and see what you know the expectations were coming into the season. I mean, you know, coming into this season, Lee Patrick Mahomes was a was a big unknown. Now look at him going into 2019. Yeah, exactly. What a different season can make it. And uh, yeah, the, the Chiefs, as a result of that, will be you know hot favourites next year probably. Mm. 
Yeah, and uh, also to celebrate, obviously the season's finished now, we're going to be looking to to revamp the website, revamp all of our logos and um, some merchandise as well. So very exciting times here. We're not going to go anywhere. The season might have finished, but we are certainly not going anywhere. It should be exciting times ahead going into 2019 season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's sort of getting our new look and uh, yeah, just sort of like, yeah, not going away, as you say, still pumping out sort of at least one, uh, sometimes two podcasts a week and then lots of more written content on the site as well, which would be, should be good for us, uh, good work for us. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, it's not the off season uh, in all respects, I guess. No, absolutely. Uh, it's all the podcasts that is going to do it for this one thank you all one and all for listening really appreciate uh, you listening don't forget to subscribe review if you haven't haven't done so already or just share 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 the love share the podcast out we'd love to have a few more listeners and say once we do that we can get a few more competitions going lots of things to be won um i've got bought, bought a few things that i won't uh, won't disclose um but yeah loads of things to be won in the off season but yeah, that's going to do it for probably this week. I don't think we'll be coming back a little bit later on in the week, but we're back next week with a bit more news. I think we're, we're going to do the head coaches next week, aren't we, Lee? Yeah, yeah, we'll be sort of running down and um, sort of giving our views on what, what all the hires um, you know, are with sort of rating all them and how they're moving the needle for us. Yeah. Uh, so I'd expect that they'd all be pretty much done by then, aren't they? Yeah. if they're not already. I don't yeah. think they have already, have they? Yeah, yeah, Brian Flores uh, is, is, has gone to... Oh, yeah. So yeah, they're all done. So we'll break those all down next week, along with some other little bits of nugget, golden nuggets for you as well. But until then, it's goodbye from Lee. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Hopefully, it's not too blue being the first weekend without football. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you on the other side and see you next week. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you all for joining us. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye bye for now. Bye bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com